2: And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and you know, I uh I was working with uh well, <laughs> there's a lot of big news, folks. Um Alexander Vinman uh has been busted and that's a big big thing. And you know, I was going in today's show uh Basically, just following in the foot in, you know, like with the fruition of the um, the uh, 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 J six tapes, and that story barely even took a nosedive, and then and now Alexander Vindman is in the news and uh, getting busted, but the you know, and, and then the biggest story of all is Redfield, CDC director Redfield. He dropped some bombshells yesterday with regard to the origins of COVID and whether it was gain of function. And it's it's really game over for Dr. Fauci. I mean, this guy legitimately will probably be brought up on war crimes. I mean, it is unreal what has been going on here. So, you know, I was doing some research with... Uh, so, I was doing some research with Greg Rubini, uh, who is a really good researcher, and um, I was doing a little research with him and helping him with a story, and his story was about a guy that you probably have not heard much about, and the guy's name is Eric Siramella. And I wonder how many of you know who that guy is, Eric Ciaramella. Well, I will say this. Back uh, about, f- yeah, four years ago, something like that, Yeah, you know, during the Ukraine um, w- impeachment trial, um, when the Democrats in the House had their witch hunt and their one-sided story, just like they did with J6, the same kind of kangaroo court, the same kind of third-world mentality, they came up with a story and the story was that Trump had an illegitimate call with Zelensky. Well, now we're finding out all about the corruption of Ukraine leading up to that. And we kind of can figure out why it is that Ukraine is ground zero for the cover-up. And... One of the names that came up over and over again was the whistleblower. And nobody could ever say his name. If you said his name, you were banned. And I promise you, I knew his name. And we were always banned. And I remember also Stefan Halper. I remember um, it was uh, Hannity. And he couldn't say the name Stefan Halper. He wasn't allowed to say it. And he would skirt around it and he would say, well, we know who he is, but we we're not allowed to say it. Because he's CIA, State Department. Every single little evil little trick by these libtard um, university academics, whether it's Michael Carpenter or Jake Sullivan or Eric Mela or Sean Misco, his lover, they're gay lovers, um, whether it's any one of those people, they're all connected with the State Department. And they're all connected with the CIA. Remember I talked about Ruth Payne and the JFK assassination? And that her father worked for USAID? And the USAID is nothing but a front for the CIA? Well, guess what? Covid is on the doorstep. The origins of Covid and the gain of function research is on the doorstep of USAID and the State Department. Boom. So I was doing some work, and uh, you know, one of the one of the past uh one of the past e- exchanges I had with Eric. Sear- uh, 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 not Eric Sirimella, um Greg Rubini, was, uh, <laughs> I saw this video and I, I, it was related to E. Jean Carroll. And I said, wasn't E. Jean Carroll in the news recently? And sure enough, I saw George Conway. I did a little research on it, right? And I said, oh my God, George Conway is like giving uh, shade to Donald Trump, Um. Uh, in in such a bad way says whom George Conway taunts Trump over his rape trial after attack this is March 5th this is just the other day this is like last week no four days ago right so Trump over his rape trial after attack over Kellyanne divorce so you know thank goodness Kellyanne finally came to her senses and is divorcing that George Conway dude right Conway coolly fired back. Looking forward to seeing you in New York at E. E. Jean's trial next month. Well, it turns out that Merrick Garland's DOJ is not interested in that case. But I thought, let me refresh my memory about that case. So that was a quacky little flaky woman. She was like the Jussie Smollett of females. And uh, if, if Jussie Smollett... Smollett is not a female himself, and cra- claimed rape, right? She claimed rape. And it turns out that she made the whole story up. And in my exchange with Greg Rubini talking about Eric Ciramella because of the Vinman situation, I ran across my old post from EG, you know, the E. Jean Carroll thing, And I thought, wow, that was a long time ago. And here it was. It was uh, dated June 25th, 2019. I have confirmed this is a legitimate episode of Kevin Pollack, Bergdorf Lingerie Rape Fantasy excerpt from Law & Order SVU Season 13, Episode 11. And that's uh, uh, something Victims Unit, um, yeah and available on Amazon Prime. I captured this on my iPhone from my TV. All right, so here it is. I want to play it. This is a scene from E. Jean Carroll who is who is trying to say that Trump raped her in Bergdorf Goodman, right? And here's a law and order version. This is totally out of context because this is not a really that great of a story except for the fact that the E. Jean Carroll rape accusation is going on now you know the court they're trying to get Trump on this right now uh, the, you know in New York let's take a listen
0: and it was not her fantasy it was mine okay yeah uh, ah role play took place in uh, the dressing room of Bergdorf's uh, while she was trying on lingerie I would burst in Oh, uh. yeah mm-hmm and it was not her
3: fantasy, it was mine okay
2: Yep. Yeah. uh ah. oh okay, so this was a <laughs> it was a scene uh, that was a, a small excerpt of the scene, um but yeah, totally manufactured storyline from Law and Order, and egene Carroll's flake flake that basically said that rape was sexy. <laughs> you wonder where their heads are, right? But, uh, there, that's what the liberal mindset is these days. The liberal mindset is that. All right. Before we get into the meat of the show, um, I wanted to say this. Uh, so somebody wrote in and responded to me talking about the CPAC poll and that Trump was 62% DeSantis 20%. And, Haley three percent, which kind of makes you wonder, like, what's going on with these fake polls? You know that Fox News keeps putting out in favor of DeSantis and all this crap, right? What what's going on there? Why is Fox News doing what they're doing? Why, why do they keep on? They have one special after another about with DeSantis, Mead and all these losers. You know, basically. Uh, and the other thing is, um, when Tucker came out. You know, God bless Fox News, but they know that they if they cut Tucker, if they cut Tucker, they're losing their whole show. They're losing their whole network. They're going the same way as CNN. Everybody knows it. If they fire Tucker, they're dead, right? They're dead. Wherever Tucker goes, we're going, right? That's what we're. That's what's going on there, right? So they can't fire Tucker. They want to. Chuck Schubert wants them to, right? Mitch McConnell wants them, the Murdochs to fire. Tucker, but they're not going to fire Tucker. Even Paul Ryan doesn't have the kahunas for that, right? Yeah, Paul Ryan runs a show over there. The the Rhino, the globalist, works for Tenio, sells his cell for money. He's just a, such a you know such a loser, right? Paul Ryan, former Republican, right? All the McRhinos, Mc, McConnell, McDaniel, McCarthy. You know, all these people have been just playing politics. You know, doggone well that McCarthy would have never released those forty thousand uh, hours of tape if it wasn't for the holdouts in the. Uh, let me just uh, get rid of that. Uh, the holdouts in the um, in the speaker race. Remember, I said this is going to pay dividends. And you know what else I said? Then I said the Republican Party, the Freedom Caucus, has never been stronger in the house than they are today. And we're seeing these 40,000 minutes of tape as a result of that. So, you know, I, I believe that is true. I think they did get bargaining chips. McCarthy's never going to admit it and probably shouldn't, but there was some good that came from that. There's no doubt about it in my mind. And it did not make the party look bad. It made the party, um, It gave the party a douse of coffee and say, you know, wake up. Because this is Trump's party. This is not DeSantis' party. This is not Pence's party. This is not uh, McConnell's party, no matter how much he dreams and thinks he can do it because he's so powerful and rich. He's only rich because Elaine Chao, his wife, owns Foremost Group, who's benefiting from the shipping lanes coming in and out of China. And that the globalist uh, agenda is favorable to them because basically what they're trying to do in the whole globalist agenda and the whole climate change agenda is, you know, when they say um, like Paris Agreement, the Paris Accord, right, what they're talking about is they're talking about ending manufacturing in the West and – declaring India and China developing countries. And what they essentially does is that essentially makes it possible for them to blow a lot more smoke. And think about it, does Greta Thunberg when someone asks her why don't you ever complain to China or India, why don't you take your little um arrest uh staged arrests and, and put them in China? Because A, she would have her teeth knocked out of her throat and she would never leave China. She would end up like warm beer, right? So, no, of course not. They would take a pair of pliers to her teeth, you know, and torture, right? She's not going to China. But the, the, the point that I'm making is that the Paris Agreement is all about ending manufacturing because nobody, either A, none of these college pukes want to lift a finger and do manual labor. They all want to like do gender studies, right? So A, they want to do that. Or B, the Democrat unions, the liberals that run the unions, the mob, the corruption with the politicians have worked out a deal such that uh, people won't push a broom for less than $25 an hour. They won't push a broom. So you can't compete manu- with the manufacturing. So there's just no way. So the people at World Economic Forum in Davos and Klaus Schwab gets together with the governments and the corporations and says the only way the corp- manufacturing is going to work is if we export it to slave labor markets where the people are abundant. Where are in the world? Where in the world are the people abundant? Raise your hand if you think it's China and India. Okay, so let it be known everybody raise their hand. That's 3 billion people right there. Right? 3 billion people raise their uh, are 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 manufacturing slaves. So, these globalists get together with their corporate partners who want to profit and they don't want to pay $25 for a guy pushing a broom in Detroit. So, what are they going to do? They're going to export their manufacturing to China and India. They're going to get that real cheap. You think the local mom and pop are going to be able to get in on that action? No, they can't even afford the entrance fee to Davos to get into the World Economic Forum to even play on the field. It's an exclusive club, and generally it's all white. It's not very uh, diversified. But they want you to diversify. They want to open the borders and they want the corporations to benefit from the slave labor that needs to actually work domestically, too, like the people running your dishwasher, changing your sheets, uh, being your maid service, running your landscape services, um, uh, work in the vineyards, working in the meat packing plants, and so on and so forth. Right? You still need them to lo- locally, too. And then they're going to take all these gender studies people, and they're going to put them in stacks of buildings in cities and call them 15-minute cities. And they're going to confiscate the land and call those parks and recreation. And they're going to control your food. How do you like that? And they're going to say, we're in a food shortage. And how do you like that? So anyway, this guy writes me, and he, I tell, you know, after I talked yesterday about uh, Donald Trump, 62%, Governor DeSantis, 20%, Nikki Haley, 3%, and he says, fixing for another loss in 2024. He's so polarizing, Trump is. He drives people out of the woodwork to vote against him. And that may be true. That, that actually very well may be true. But uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day I learned this from uh, a guy named Kale Sanderson who runs the uh, Penn Penn State wrestling program and if you ask a real wrestling champion you know what their agenda is they're not so focused on what the opponent's going to bring like if you ask a champion wrestler and you say So you have an opponent. Are you worried about, and they say, well, I don't really know what he's going to bring. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what's in his mind. I don't know what he's eating. I don't know how he's training. I don't know any of that. I only worry about what I can control. And what I can control is my own destiny, my own moves, my own offense, my own defense, my own action, my own fitness. And I'm just going to worry about my own attacks. I'm going to stay where I stay strong, and I'm going to avoid where I'm weak. And so basically, he said, "Yeah, you know, he's you know, that's what a champion wrestler would do. You have to, you have to, you know, understand the world around you, but you, at, at some point, you got to, you got to write your own agenda. So I replied to this guy, and I said, that's one way to look at it. Another way, is to advance a candidate not selected by the establishment, uh, the established corrupt uniparty, And Uniparty is trending right now because of the opposition to J6. And say Uniparty to continue to charade, uh, to continue the charade of good governance when we know the truth of their globalist agenda established by their election rigging and endless propaganda. And then I look for a cloak because the first thing that ran through my head was better to die standing than to live on your knees. I swear, I came up with that. Like, it just floated right through my head, right? I said, let me just look that up, and I'm, let me find a meme for that. And sometimes when I want to find a meme, I don't want to create one. I want to just find a graphic that represents that thought. So I did, and I Googled, better to die standing than to live on your knees. And this is on my Twitter feed right now. You can check it out. So I'm, I'm telling you a true story. Just go to twitter.com slash Show. And guess what? Shea Correra wrote that. Now, I'm a big anti, I'm a very much opposed to Shea Rivera, right? Not a big fan of Shea Rivera. But I, he, he wrote that. Better to die standing than to live on your knees. And I was like, okay, well, then I cropped him out because everywhere I turned, better to die standing than live on your knees. There was a picture of his mug, his face, and, of course, I didn't want that because that was a contradiction of what represents me. And uh, <laughs> that that's sort of what went on there. So before we get into the thick of uh, the Vinman thing and some heavier stuff, I want to share with you a clip that I came across yesterday that I wanted to share with my audience today. And uh, this is to do with parenting and school and I thought this was the best example. This was this really pretty lady and she's dressed up in like in a cat suit and she goes to the school board governing meeting and she she says, so, so it goes like this, mom showed up to school board meeting in a cat costume and makeup to fight back the school's woke agenda. And the reason why that was sort of relevant is because the international women's movement just nominated a uh uh just nominated a um a dude. I'll play that one first actually. And the International Women of Courage Award goes to a man. And guess who handed that man that's supposed to be the International Woman uh of courage uh um Tony Blinken, the head of the State Department. The State Department is just a bunch of scumbags, honestly. It's totally crazy what the the State Department has become. There's nothing diplomatic about it. They don't know Foreign Service if it hit them in the face. I mean, this is pathetic that they're waving rainbow flags at the top of their embassies, Black Lives Matter flags everywhere you turn, and now they got this. Our military has become woke. General Milley is a laughing stock, Right. I mean, what has happened to America, really? But here it is.
4: In Argentina, Alba Ruada is a transgender woman who was kicked out of classrooms, barred for sitting for exams, refused job opportunities, subjected to violence, and rejected by her family. But in the face of these challenges, she worked to end violence and discrimination against the LGBTQI plus community in Argentina.
2: The dude looks like a linebacker for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, it's easy to be cour- courageous when you're that big and bad. And, and you know, and shame on um, the recent Supreme Court decision basically struck down um, a lawsuit for women women's weightlifting, uh, tried to get rid of trans weightlifters, and they lost. They lost in the Supreme Court. I, I don't know how you lose that. I just don't. And women's weightlifting, powerlifting, the sport's over. It's ruined. So what what really needs to happen is they need to start a new league. Just like the um, trans freaks have started their league and infiltrated the women's league, women need to start their own league. And they need to say, um, women only. It's not unconstitutional to do that. You can do that. And start your own sport and and then lobby and petition for the IOC, the Olympic Committee, to um accept you as your own sport for your own gender. And uh and and, and, and just let the trans play with themselves, you know. Just 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 do that. They won't have anybody show up to watch them, that freak show. So it's you know, it used to be about acceptance, right? It used to be will you accept me. Now it's we we have a whole agenda and we're going to dominate you. You know? They can't dominate crap. You know, we just are a tolerant a tolerant community, a tolerant people in America. And where does it get us? Where does this tolerance get us? It doesn't get us anywhere, right? It's it's all wrong, and we know it. Anyway, I thought this cat, this woman in a cat suit really laid it out so perfectly. And I wanted to share it with you. Let's take a listen.
5: Hello, my name is Lindsey Graham, and I am a cat. Meow, meow. I'm not a woman dressed as a cat. I am a cat. By show of hands, I'm curious, uh, how many of you believe and confess that I'm a cat? Great. Um, by show of hands, I'm curious, how many of you believe that your child or a child from this school would believe that I'm actually a cat? No one. You are right. Why? Because you are not stupid, and these children are not stupid. Truth prevails over imagination. Reality exists. Discernment is innate and something we are biologically wired to have. One look at me, and you know this to be true. I am a woman posing as a cat. You may also think correctly that if I truly believe I'm a cat, I have a mental disorder. If I suffer from a mental disorder, and if I'm unable to discern reality, am I safe to be around children? Would you put me in charge of making critical decisions about the safety and well-being of children and about the direction of their education when I cannot even discern truth from fiction? Confession. I'm not actually a cat, guys, just because I say I am. You've not agreed to or committed to addressing me as a cat simply because I demand it. No tail, whiskers, or outfit makes me a cat. Just like no lipstick, high heels, or long hair makes him a man, a woman. It is just as biologically impossible for me to become a cat as it is for a man to be a woman. And you have one job as members of this school board, and it's defined as this. School board members are responsible for broad, forward-thinking, minute analysis and decisive action in all areas that affect students and staff in their schools. I ask you, do you believe that the actions of a grown man playing dress-up as a woman affects the students and staff positively or negatively? A public school is not the place for social experiments in altered realities or gender ideologies. It is not the place to celebrate a grown man with a mental illness, dressing as a woman, and teaching kids lies. Children come to school to learn facts and truths about reality, including unchanging biological truths about science and nature, not to learn that they can change biological realities and become anything they want in the name of diversity. What you're actually doing is worse than just lying to our kids. You're forcing them to be participants in your lie, in your charade.
2: Wow. I thought that was brilliant. And uh, I could listen to that a thousand hundred times. All right. One of the biggest stories that happened in the last 24 hours is not getting talked about a lot. And shame on the mainstream media. You know, um, two days ago when... Or two days ago, yesterday, I mean, you know, for the last couple of days, I have to say, I, I get up and I, I put on Fox and Friends, and uh, before I do this show, I try to see what they're considering to be the headline stories, and I don't use them at all to prepare for my show, but um, I, I do look at them and sort of, you know, compare what I'm going to be covering with what they're covering and a little bit. And lately they've just been totally off base, uh, like out to lunch and completely ridiculous uh, week. And uh, they are not covering the uh, J6 tape at all. And neither is Hannity. And the only person that's doing this on Fox is Tucker. These J6 tapes are super important and then also this dr redfield stuff so fox and friends is really you know taking the marching orders from a guy like paul ryan and carl rove and those people that are heavily invested in fox news narratives um they control the agenda over there quite a bit And, and um it's just sad you know and then Brian Kilmeade sits up there and acts like he's a foreign policy expert and when he's not, he's a dodo brain. And it's just, it's gotten to be a little disgusting because Fox Fox News was really the one last bastion of hope for media. And and what we've learned from the Twitter files is that really, you know, it's, it's all a facade that the FBI and the CIA and the State Department and the White House, if you're liberal, you have the ear of the liberal editors and 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 power players. But they only have this control not because their agenda is so pure and good, and that you're wrong, and that you know your dissent You're only a descender because uh, you have you have a uh, conspiracy mind or you're a uh, uh, an alternative view. I think you have a common sense mainstream view. But what it is is they have the money and the money is controlling the people and they want to control their customers. Okay, they want to control their customers. And and that's not that's not what uh, that's not the vision that the founding fathers had in mind when they put together the constitution. They wanted to empower the people and it's a beautiful concept when you think about it in its own purity, but it's been so corrupted. And whether we can ever get it back again really is a mystery to me. I don't know whether we will ever get it back again, honestly. I don't I don't know. It's a really difficult difficult process to try to do this the right way. And I think everybody that listens to this show knows. The right way where the people are in charge of the politicians and the government is a servant to the people i i think everybody gets that concept and everybody understands that that's not what that's not what ha- what is happening today and how we get back to that i don't know because everywhere we're turning there's corruption and you take this you know this COVID thing was one of the worst things that's ever happened to mankind. Not just America, not just people. Think about every little detail the lockdowns, the things that they've done to children, the myocarditis, the people dying on the fields, you know, in the sport and, and all these other things. These these and then the corporate um the corporate uh placating and and enabling. You know, the corporate uh, betrayal of trust and their alignment with governments. And, you know, like yesterday when we were playing these journalists basically attacking Tucker because he had the audacity to expose transparency or be transparent and expose the truth. Come on. It's absolutely like... uh, 1984. It's 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 an alternative universe we're living in. It's almost like a twilight zone type of deal, where up is down and left is right. It's 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 so peculiar. But let's take a listen to this. Right here,
4: Dr. Fauci was affirmatively told, and told in an email that uh, NIAID had a monetary relationship with the Wuhan. Uh, Institute through uh, EcoHealth Alliance. He, he was told this in January 27th of 2020. Do you think that Dr. Fauci intentionally lied under oath to Senator Paul when he vehemently denied NIH's funding of gain-of-function research?
6: I think there's no doubt that NIH was funding gain-of-function research.
4: Is it likely that American tax dollars funded the gain-of-function research that created this virus?
6: I think it did, not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD.
2: Wow. Okay, what he just said, that's Robert Redfield. He was head of CDC. I want you to hear it again. To me, that is probably the biggest statement we've heard in a long time. That's basically saying, yes, I have witnessed Hitler... Uh, putting Jews into a train and sending them to the gas chamber, and he is responsible for killing hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, that's exactly what that statement is.
4: NIH is funding of gain-of-function research.
2: I think there's
6: no doubt that NIH was funding gain-of-function research.
4: Is it likely that American tax dollars funded the gain-of-function research that created this virus?
6: I think it did, not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD.
4: What
2: the heck is the State Department and USAID doing with that, huh? What are they are they medical doctors over there at the State Department or are they a bunch of morons?
4: Likely that American tax dollars funded the gain of function research that created this virus.
6: I think it did not only from NIH but from the State Department and USAID and from DOD.
2: Since when did the people in the Pentagon and the DOD and the USAID, you know who runs USAID? Samantha Power. You know what she used to be? The UN ambassador. You know what she did during the Russian hoax? She basically unmasked everybody from the Trump transition team. And Biden did too, along with Obama. Samantha Power is a really wicked, corrupt woman. And she's fronting the money arm of the CIA, which is basically the enforcement arm of the State Department. That's all it is. Just like the FBI is the enforcement arm of the DOJ. And just like the NSA is the enforcement arm of the DOD. And the data collector and the snooper and the eavesdropper and the wiretapper. Let's take a listen. There's more.
6: I will say if you go back and look, it's declassified now. And I'm sure you all have your classified briefings. But the declassified information now, in September of 2019, three things happened in that lab. One is they deleted the sequences. Mm -hmm. It was highly irregular. Researchers don't usually like to do that. Second thing they did was they changed the command and control of the lab from the civilian control to the military control. Highly unusual. And I've been involved in dual-use labs when I was in the military. And the third things they did, which I think is really telling, is they let a contractor redo the ventilation system in that laboratory. So I think clearly there was strong evidence that there was a significant event that happened in that laboratory in September. It's now been declassified. You can read it. I'm sure there's more classified information around
2: that. I will say: Wow, kaboom, right? That's some pretty big stuff. Here is uh, comer. Comer has some things to say. And let's take a listen to uh, Comer right
0: here. COVID-19 leaked from a lab, a conspiracy
2: theory. Dr. Absolutely not. No. Uh,
0: uh, I would say no, but also um, it has been approached as such. Dr. No. Redfield. Dr. Redfield, I want to stick with you. you. You have said before that you were locked out of conversations about the lab leak by Dr. Fauci, and Dr. Collins, do you think they kept you out of the conversations because you believe COVID-19 may have come from a lab?
6: Yeah, I think I have made it very clear in January to all of them why we had to aggressively pursue this. They came up with a single narrative, which I will argue is antithetical to science. Science never selects a single narrative. We foster, as my colleague here just said, we foster debate. Mm -hmm. And we're confident that with debate, science will eventually get to the truth.
1: This will probably all get lost. And no one will ever be held accountable for destroying the U.S. economy and killing a million people. But the facts still matter. Jamie Metzel also testified. Metzl was one of the very first people to suggest what pretty much everyone now acknowledges is true, that this virus came from a Chinese government lab in Wuhan and said so today at the hearings. Jamie Metzl is a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council, former State Department official, joins us tonight. Ms. thank you so much for joining us it, is it frustrating or vindicating for you to be one of the first people who was right about something that people should have known better lied about for three years? It's both frustrating and vindicating in early 2020 when I started looking at the evidence and it looked pretty clear to me, not that we knew that it came from a lab, but it seemed a very, very credible hypothesis, a possibility that needed to be fully considered um it was really frustrating that it took so much to get uh more people to take this seriously and now it's
2: obviously vindicating of it vindicating right vindicating so everybody that got banned from Facebook banned from Twitter because we mentioned either a Eric Sirmel's name that we now can say uh well actually i don't think i can say that name on facebook but i don't bother because I'm already banned on Facebook. But on Twitter now, thanks to Elon Musk, we can say it. And we have been saying it. But, you know, the difference between a conspiracy and the, the, the truth these days is six months, right? That's what it is. Um, it, it's really, really bizarre, the world we're living in. Let's take a listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene.
3: Dr. Redfield, did you agree, in your opinion, with Dr. Anderson's assessment at the time that this virus did look engineered?
6: I was concerned because of uh, the presence of the furin cleavage site that we've talked about. And I think it's important to understand what that cleavage site does. Uh, That cleavage site totally changes the orientation of the binding domain of covid so it now, which could not see the h 2 receptor, which is the human receptor, it ch- totally changes the orientation now so it has high affinity for a human receptor. So that furin site bothered me. It didn't seem that it belonged there. And then when you look at the sequences that it used, and it's beyond the committee, but I know many of you have looked into it, the sequences that they used in those 12 nucleotides for arginine were the arginine sequences nucleotide triplet that ad- coded for the human arginine. So why did this virus have the arginine sequences for human there, not bat? It was very disconcerting to me. It looked like this virus was engineered. Was
3: this, uh, what you're observing and speaking of, is this something that would be in line with gain-of-function research and the, and the capabilities it would provide to R- right. the virus?
6: Yeah. I mean, basically this lab published in 2014 that they accomplished in this, uh, allowing the coronaviruses that they were working with in the lab to bind to the H2 receptor in humanized mice. And the only way they did that was by reorienting the binding domain.
3: And it was clear to them at this time that that was likely the issue in their private conversations. Um, yet by February 4th, a paper on the origins of COVID is drafted by four participants of the February 1 conference call. One of those participants, Dr. Anderson, completely reverses himself in an email to the president of EcoHealth, Peter Dozik, and says the main cro- crackpot theories going around at the moment – relate to this virus being somehow engineered, and that is demonstrably false. Um, My question to you, Mr. Redfield, did you know of any evidence that they had found within three days from February 1st to February 4th to be able to confirm that it was not created in a lab? Um,
6: As I mentioned earlier, unfortunately I was excluded from those conversations, uh, which I found retroactively very disappointed since I was obviously a virologist and very engaged, and I actually had asked Jeremy Mifrar, Tony Fauci, and Tedros to have these conversations. And then to be excluded, I found unusual. I do think it illustrates one point that's worth really focusing on. When you have a group of people that decide there could only be one point of view, that's problematic. And I'll keep going saying it's antithetical to science, and unfortunately that's what they did.
3: I can tell you, Dr. Redfield, that is the case. It's very problematic because how people suffered in this country from those uh, what I would call um, tyrannical decisions using the, their positions of power um, and shutting down the yeah, country ladies, in the way they is, did. I, I think people definitely do feel that way. Thank you, yield
2: so what you just heard folks is probably one of the, one of the bigger stories you'll ever hear. It is huge. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, let me just see what this is here. Um,
3: Today, the house select subcommittee on the Coronavirus right here, this, Pandemic this will hold its the First hearing on the origins of COVID-19. That's
6: right. This comes one week after yeah, FBI
2: director Chris. I'm, exactly I'm gonna,
3: right. Americans deserve. I'm not, not
2: going to play that. Um, I'm actually going off of a Fox News article here, where it's titled "Dr. Fauci Could Be at Center of One of the Biggest Cover-Ups in American History," says Representative Malyotakis. House hearing aims to find answers on COVID origins, Wuhan lab, and I I agree a hundred percent. This, and, and by the way, Rand Paul was right in calling out Dr. Dr. Fauci, what a loser. What a moron. The guy couldn't throw, throw a baseball. That was clue number one. I mean, did you see that baseball that he threw? Absolutely stunning. All right, we're going to switch gears, and we're going to go to another bombshell story. Jack Pozobiak brings new receipts on Alexander Vinman. Now, who is Alexander Vinman? Alexander Vinman is this sort of Ukrainian. He has a twin brother, and he was listening in on Trump's call with Zelensky and he doctored, edited, he edited the conversation in his own notes. And then he called up, um, he called up, uh, Eric Sierra Mella and, uh, another, the other guy, uh, another guy, he called up, um, another uh, Foreign Service guy with the bow tie, and uh, but he called up Eric Ciaramella. And they waged together, and they started the coup. And Eric Ciaramella's attorney was Mark Zaid. And, Mark's, and if you go to my Twitter feed right now, you will see I posted all over the place on this uh, all my old receipts from Mark Zaid, and it was from 2017 2019. I said, "Whistleblower attorney Mark Zaid is not this dumb tweeting." I've got I've gotten clearances for guys who had child porn issues while presenting, representing Epstein and loading your YouTube channel with Disney girls and tweeting about uh, uh, about it is dumb. Zaid colluded with Schiff, Adam Schiff who is connected with Standard Hotel and Little Kids Foundation, which is another thing. Um, And this is a real tweet. Mark Zaid says, I've gotten clearances for guys who had child porn issues. Why would you tweet that? But he also tweeted this. And this, I'm looking at a real active tweet. It's an active tweet. It's not been deleted. It's here. It's still living. It says, coup has started. First of many steps, rebellion, impeachment will follow. Ultimately, lawyers will be involved. January 30th, 2017, he tweeted that. Why? And he ends up being the whistleblower's attorney, Eric Mella. And this is what's going on with the source of... Alex uh, uh, of of uh, Eric Ceremele's source was Alexander Vindman take a listen to this expose
1: we have got huge exclusive story to share with you today breaking receipts on none other than Alexander Vinman. there are no leaders to charge there's no one to hold to account just yet and if nobody ever arrests Vladimir Putin and his group what does justice look like Well, at this stage, the investigation is the most important thing. Uh, Accountability is a long-term process. World War II, Germany was still holding war crimes trials as recently as last year. Uh, same thing is happening in Yugoslavia for the crimes that were committed decades ago. So at this stage, it's about collecting the evidence, preparing cases for when the opportunity presents itself, either a ch- regime change in, in Russia or somebody travels outside of uh, uh, into Europe uh, on a vacation or a visit. They can never escape accountability, no matter how long it takes. Alexander Vinmin, Of course, you remember him, Colonel Alexander Vinman. Don't re- remember, it, folks, Colonel Alexander Vinman. What has he been up to lately? Before we get into this, I want to remind everyone exactly who Colonel Alexander Vindman is. Colonel, 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 Colonel. Alexander Vindman, you remember him from a little thing called the first impeachment of President Donald Trump when he and his friend Eric Charamella of the CIA. That's right. I said it. Eric Charamella of the CIA decided to file a whistleblower report on President Trump saying that he was trying to. Coerce who the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, into digging up dirt on the Biden family because President Trump knew that Joe Biden's son, Hunter, was making tens of thousands of dollars every single month in a do nothing job at Burisma Energy, which was itself a complete handout from the oligarchs of Ukraine to the Biden family we later found out about the 10 percent for the big guy this keep in mind was a full year before we leaked the biden laptop to the u.s public the rest of course is history but what do we have so for this individual alexander Vinman, who played a massive dare i say outsized role in the fomentation of this war he helped start the ukraine war and now He's trying to profit from it. Documents recently obtained by Human Events exclusively show that Alexander Vinman has been pitching the government of Ukraine to obtain lucrative defense contracts. In August of 2022, just a few months into the war, Vinman himself, operating as CEO of Trident Support, pitched a deck on a Ukraine weapons system sustainment center to address problems with Ukraine's weapons management, namely readiness, repair and maintenance. Vimin's initial proposal was for $12 million, according to these documents, in initial funding for his company. This is war profiteering. The idea behind the proposal is that Trident support would be a middleman between NATO weapons and Ukrainian forces, teaching the latter how to operate and repair the equipment while taking an exorbitant fee from Ukraine to do so. When you're talking about the tanks, when you're talking about the vehicles, when you're talking about the weapons, the systems, the night vision, everything, all the technology that's being sent over to Ukraine, of course, Alexander Vinman is thinking, how can I get a slice of that pie? Here in D.C., we call that being a beltway bandit. But what he's doing is even further than that, because keep in mind, it's the same Alexander Vindman who was once offered the role of defense minister for all of Ukraine, head of the entire Ukrainian military. And what do we see here? He started the war, and now he is trying to profit from the very war itself. And keep in mind that with the billions of dollars that the United States is sending over, the U.S. taxpayer would be the one ultimately footing the bill for all of this. They're are the ones that are actually trying to be paid uh, or funding this payment for Zelensky. He's the one, Vinman. he's the one who's trying to profit. You see, this is exactly what happens in every war, folks. You get people in the middle who say, how can I get a slice? How can I get a piece of it? War is a racket. And President Eisenhower warned us as a country in his final address that these types of people, these types of forces, the financial pressures of the military industrial complex would rise again and again as we go abroad seeking monsters, finding them, and then deciding to go and fight them. We just did this entire special last Sunday, Ukraineistan. and you look at some of this, you look at these documents, what he's talking about is bringing American defense contractors and veterans into Ukraine to set up sustainment centers and logistics centers. Well... If you're the Russian military and you find out that all of these tanks and all of these vehicles can only be sustained at a few places, where do you think you're going to send your cruise missiles next? And then what happens if it's American citizens that are killed in the strikes? This is textbook mission creep. This is exactly what we warned would happen. This is exactly why I made that video. And by the way, for the record, I am proud of making our predictive pre creation. The AI video of President Biden calling for a draft, because that is where all of this is headed. People like Vinman, people at our State Department, people that are even currently in the United States military. They are pushing further and further and further. And I guarantee you, whether it's been or not, these types of contracts are going to be signed. And American citizens are going to be sent over. Veterans with actual military experience and actual military connections on the ground. When they start being killed, because it will happen. It's war, folks. Guess what? That's what happens there. This isn't a picnic. They're going to come in. And then suddenly, suddenly, the headlines back home. Will be that Putin has killed Americans, and the question is, will that ever be a Vindman? No, of course not.
2: We have got. It's not. Um, By the way, just uh, real quick, why I don't support Ukraine? Someone wrote Bush supports Ukraine. Kerry, Biden, Soros, Pelosi, Hillary, Obama, Trudeau, the CIA, the media, all support Ukraine. I don't. Hey, listen. uh, Be sure to. Be sure to check out magapac.org. Find out how we're advancing America first policies to make America great again. Use red state over at mypillow.com. We'll see you next time on the radio. (laughs) Bye-bye, buddy.